Hey, good morning, everybody. We're glad that you're here. Hey, if you're, again, if you're joining us for the first time today, we are so glad that you are here. We love new people at Hope. That's why we exist. It's not like, oh, man, some new people showed up and we weren't ready. We're expecting you. We are expecting you today. We're expecting lots of new people. That's why we exist. It's our, it's our mission. It's the purpose uh, of why we're here. And so we pray that you feel loved and welcomed uh, and encouraged in this place today. It's Rally Sunday. Uh, did I tell you it's Rally Sunday? Okay. Hey, it's Rally Sunday today at all of Hope's campuses, uh, all across the metro. And I, and I know for many of you that maybe... Um, didn't grow up in a traditional church setting, at least a Lutheran setting, you're wondering, what in the world is Rally Sunday? Why do we need to rally? Are we losing something? Do we need to rally back? Do I need to put my rally cap on? What is Rally Sunday all about? Is it some weird Lutheran thing like green jello and bad Swen and Oli jokes? Or what, what, what are we doing here? Not really. As it turns out, Rally Sunday is just this tradition that traditionally the church has sort of passed down for the last couple hundred years as a way of marking the beginning of a brand new church year. And so we're, we're rallying together after, well, unfortunately in many cases, having a pretty, a lot of churches have kind of a boring, uh, low-key summer where everybody just sort of checked out. And so we obviously need to rally everybody back together. The problem is, You didn't do that this summer. We have nothing to really rally back from. I don't even know why we're calling it Rally Sunday because you just kept showing up and being the church all summer. Amen? So praise God for that. Absolutely. If you're still confused about this rally thing, uh, I can put it in other terms for you. Another way of thinking about this was let's say that you uh, were a certain football team from Iowa City. Um, that was about to have, just, this is just hypothetically, um, you're a certain football team from Iowa City that was about to have a terrible, embarrassing loss to Ball State. What? Who? Uh, and you're down, let's just hypothetically say, for instance, you were down 13-3 to in the fourth quarter, and then you rally back with two touchdowns in the last two minutes to win 17-13. to You would need to rally back. Amen? Oh, man. Preach it, preacher. Man, that gets me excited. Wow, just, just an example. If that was you, if you were a fan of that team, you would need to rally back. Everybody get it now? Okay, that's what rallying is all about. And as I was thinking about it this week, you actually did the opposite of that. As we were talking about this summer, you, 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 well, not the first time that you've completely blown me away as a church, but you didn't take a break in the summer. You took God up on his offer that God doesn't take the summer off from changing lives. Amen? And so just this summer, these are just the the, the highlights. We saw over 200 kids and adults experience the love of Jesus Christ through Vacation Bible School. We saw hundreds of school supplies given for kids going back to school all over the city. People connecting at park nights over at Drake Park. Transportation and meals every single week. And dozens of you serving through our breakfast club ministry. Thousands of meals packaged last weekend for Meals from the Heartland. We saw life groups going deeper than ever before. We saw those who were once far from God come to faith and 25 people this summer be baptized into new life in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, And that's just the highlights, folks. God did not take the summer off. So I think God's up there this morning going, rally Sunday. Hope, just keep on being you. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Praise God for you. And, uh, And so as we kick off the fall today, I just want to say thank you. And I know that maybe you feel like we say that a lot, but I don't, I don't feel like I could ever say it enough. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being an awesome, awesome 
church. And I know there's so many more of you that are just here this morning. There'll be some at our second service. There's people scattered all around the city. And I just want to say thank you. And I just want to say it is an honor to serve alongside you in this church. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart with everything that I am. I have the best job in the world. <laughs> I get a front row seat to watching God change people's lives. I mean, what's better than that? People's eternal destinies being transformed right before our eyes. I'm so glad we didn't take the summer off, yeah? And God is doing incredible things. So um, as much as I'm excited about what God did during the summer, you know what? This fall, I think the best is yet to come. I think the best is yet to come. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, brother, sister, the best is yet to come. Just tell him that right now. I think the best is yet to come. Just tell him that right now. Oh, my word. The best is yet to come. To come, we got so many exciting things. We got brand new groups starting. You'll hear about that later. Uh, the core class that starts next weekend is filled and overflowing uh, at capacity, and you have stepped up to get involved with that. Not to mention, we're moving into our own new brand new church permanent facility this fall. So, how cool is that? Jeez. My word. So when you think about rallying, there is a certain energy, there's a certain momentum, there's a certain spirit that's important for us as we enter into this fall season. Because we know that something powerful happens when we rally together for the sake of something that's bigger than us. When we come together around a unified purpose. And that's the power of a team. That is the power of a team. Whether it's a group of coworkers, whether it's your family, or whether it's a church, or even a football team. You know, if I'm honest, how many of you just saw the Iowa game yesterday? How many Iowa State fans do we have here? Oh, no. Okay. So when God's team was playing yesterday in Iowa City, it was, it was very apparent to me uh, that, yes, it was a thrilling comeback, and yes, the touchdowns were amazing. You know what my favorite part of the game was? It was all the way at the beginning, and it involved both teams before the game even started. I don't know if you've ever watched a game from the very beginning when the teams come out or if you've ever been there live. At a, you know, it could be football or basketball or soccer, or whatever it is. And the teams are, are kind of in the tunnels and then they come running out and they, they do all their warm-ups and stretches and everything like that and they, and they kind of go through their, their practice. And then the coach blows the whistle. And when the coach blows the whistle... They all come together and they get in this big old glob and they all put their arms up like this. You ever seen this? And they put their fingers up like that and they all come together and they do some like man ogre chant or something like that to sound really manly. But they all, they all come together from all their different uh, positions. They come unified as one team. And in that moment when they're all rallied together, when they're all huddled up, it does not matter in that moment what position they play. It doesn't matter if they're a starter. It doesn't matter if they're a bench warmer. It doesn't matter uh, what high school they used to be from or how short or tall or young or old. Or what, what, what mattered is that for the next few hours, both of those teams yesterday were a unified team with a unified purpose. They could not be more diverse. But when they, for instance, they put on that Hawkeye uniform, they're Hawks. And it doesn't matter how different they are, they have a common mission. And what we celebrate today, and I, what I believe we're called to refocus on today, is a mission that you and I have been given that is far greater than any college football game. Look, look around the room right now. Just 
you'll make people feel awkward. It'll be great. Just kind of look around you. Just kind of, just do one of these. Everybody's doing it, so don't be too cool for school. Just turn your neck. Just kind of look around. Just kind of give people a cheesy smile. What a weird-looking bunch of people. You, you, you could not be more different. We have such diversity here. As I, as I look around uh, the room, we're all from different hometowns. Uh, you have different church backgrounds. Some of you have no faith background at all. Uh, there's people here that have so many different preferences in worship. Some of you are from the city. Some of you are from suburbs. Some are young and some are seasoned, seasoned with wisdom see how I did that? We're so different. We could not be more different. And yet there's one thing that we all have in common, and that is a common mission that's bigger than any personal preferences or opinions or things that could tear us apart. We have a common mission. We're going to throw it up on the screen, and you're probably sick of this, and some of you are like, I had no idea that Hope had a mission. Well, here it is, and let's read it together nice and loud. Reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. Did you know there's actions to it? I just made them up. There's actions to it. It goes a little something like this, so do it with me. Just repeat after me. Reach out to the world around us. No, 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 no. I don't believe you. What are you, zombies? Here we go. Reach out to the world, world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. One more time. To reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. Okay, now I believe you. Good job. That's our mission. That's our rallying cry. So Coach Ferentz blows the whistle and the Hawks come rallying together. When we hear that mission statement... From wherever we are and whatever we're doing and all the differences that we have, that's our cue to come rallying together and say, that's us. That's me. And that's us. And we're all in that together. And in many ways, the early church also had a rally Sunday of sorts. And the churchy word that we use that, the biblical word is Pentecost. It's in Acts chapter 1, and in here we find the followers gathered around Jesus, and they're all together one last time. And as any great leader, Jesus gives them some final words. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The reason that that statement, that that rallying cry is so important, because up until this point, Just like we were before you came to Hubble this morning, we were all scattered. We were all over the place. And and a lot of Jesus' followers at this point were still afraid. They hadn't seen Jesus rise yet. They didn't know he was alive. And so they thought, well, our leader's dead. What do you think they're going to come after? They're going to come after us. We're going to be dead. We're going to be next. And so they're scared. But they couldn't have been a more diverse group as well. But Jesus said, come together, wait there in Jerusalem, and wait for the rallying cry. And when they rallied together, and when that, and when God showed up, <laughs> hello, the roof shook, Jesus showed up, and he said, this is your mission. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you. So go share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ with the world that so desperately needs it. They didn't get their mission until they rallied together. You can't do Christianity solo. 
You can't do it alone. You need each other. And yet, as clear as we can make that mission, I know it's not always easy to feel a part of. One of the many things that I love about Hope is how many new people there are here every week. We, we, we get those cards from you, and we really do take them seriously. We pray over them. We send you letters. We want to get to know you more because we take it seriously because that's what we believe, like I said, our mission is. I love how many new people are here, and we pray that you feel at home. But one of the many things that I hear from some, just a few, not from tons, but I hear from those uh, who, who might be newer, if that's you today, or maybe if you've been coming for a while and you're just not quite sure if this is the place for you. One of the things I hear from some of you is, wow, we're, we're looking for a place to call home that's, that's, a, that's a good fit for us, but we're just not quite sure where we fit in. We're not quite sure what role we would play, like if we really have anything to offer. It's almost like, it's almost like you're a piece of the puzzle, but you're just a random piece of the puzzle, and you're not quite sure where you fit in. Look under your chair and grab that puzzle piece that's underneath there. They should all look somewhat familiar. Don't do anything with it yet. Just hold it. Look at it. All of you should have one. If you don't have one, you can flag down the ushers, and they'll grab you one. But as you look at that puzzle piece, the point of a puzzle piece is that it connects to something else, right? What good is a puzzle piece by itself? unless it's connected, unless it's a part of something bigger than itself. And I know, I know that for some of you, I get this. You're sitting there this morning and you feel like, man, I know I'm here and I know I connect in somewhere, but I'm just not sure. I just feel disconnected and I'm not quite sure where I fit in. And maybe that's you. And I want you to know this morning that's okay. Jesus says, I'll take you right where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life this morning, but he does. He always has, because he created you. And you're not a random, anonymous puzzle piece to him this morning. You have a very important part to play. I love the uh, Lord of the Rings movies. Any Lord of the Rings fans out there? Awesome. (laughs) More Lord of the Rings fans than Hawk fans. Kind of a church is this. Um, I love in the first movie, before Frodo is the little hobbit that's hairy and has big feet, uh, he doesn't know what he's a part of. He's just a random hobbit that's just coasting along in life, and, and all of a sudden this wizard Gandalf shows up. And you know the Lord of the Rings is a great epic story, and, and, and Frodo's got to take this great adventure, and, and, and there's battle to be fought and adventure to be had. He has no idea what's coming his way. And I love I love what the, the, the wise old wizard Gandalf says to Frodo. Frodo has no idea that he's about to play the leading role in the story. And there's this line in the movie where Gandalf says, Oh, dear Frodo, you are more a part of this than you will ever know. You are more a part of this than you will ever know. And I want you to hear that today. The God who created you And the one who is the God and the leader of this church is saying, you are more a part of this than you will ever know. This is an incredible thing to be a part of. There's nothing better than being 
on mission. I've got some great people around me that keep me in check. And one of the gifts that God has given me is vision and let's go take that mountain and let's go do this idea and let's go do that idea. And that's why we have a great staff here at Hope Des Moines that says, whoa, John, slow the horses down, right? Let's make sure that if you're leading, there's people behind you, right? Quickest way to know if you're a leader or not is if there's anybody following you. If there's not, you're probably not a leader, right? So slow down, right? A lot of times I don't stop and slow down and just say thank you to, the incredible th- to God for the incredible things that are going on here. I, folks, I think we're going to look back on this time right now as a church 10, 25, 50 years from now, and we're going to go, wow, that was one incredible group of people. Man. And I never want to take that for granted. It's just so easy to go by Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and one more worship service and one more sermon, yada, yada, yada. Do you ever stop and just go, wow, I get to be a part of a group of people where I look around and every other day somebody's life is getting changed. Who else gets to experience that? Who else gets to hear their son yakking in the back of the gym? I just, I just feel like we're going to look back on this time and we're going to go, wow, that was an incredible time to be the church. And I just want to say to you today, I don't want you to miss it. I want you to find your place. You are way more a part of this than you realize. Because in the end, every piece counts. Say that with me. Every piece counts. That's the name of an organization in fact, that was started, I discovered this this week, by this lady from New Jersey named Caitlin Riley. And Caitlin is famous for completing the world's largest jigsaw puzzle. So for those of you that are puzzle people, you're going to geek out over this, okay? The world's largest jigsaw puzzle, okay? You think, oh, I've put together a 500-piece puzzle before. How about 24,000-piece jigsaw puzzle, okay? 70 square feet. That's a lot of puzzle pieces, okay? So what I want you to do is watch, it's just a two-minute time lapse of start to finish of her laying all the pieces out on this massive table, okay, 70-foot puzzle, and watch as all the pieces come together. Let's take a look. Wow, I'm exhausted after watching that. I don't know about you. Those of you that are puzzle people are like, that was awesome, right? Not only did she do that, the reason that she did that was to draw attention for, uh, for autism and to create awareness for that. And so the, the name of her organization is Every Piece Counts for the purpose of making sure that those kids and adults that have autism know that no matter how insignificant they might feel, every piece counts. And I think that's what God wants you to hear this morning as well. Only when all the pieces come together can you see the whole picture. It's a beautiful thing to see every single piece find its place, or as the Apostle Paul would put it, to have every part connected to the body. If you have your Bibles and you haven't opened to 1 Corinthians yet, to our scripture today, go ahead and grab those. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So it'll be in the back third of your Bible in the letters. It'll be after the Gospels, Romans First and Second Corinthians. So we're going to be in First Corinthians chapter 12. And the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, very much like us today. And he's talking about the importance of being connected to the body. 
So if you've got it, say, I've got it. it. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to start at verse 12. Paul says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. In other words, so it is with the body of Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we're all given the same spirit to drink. Verse 14, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Everybody say many. many. Paul uses the analogy of the human body, just like a puzzle piece to a puzzle, to describe what it means to truly be a part of a church. The point is that we're different. The point is that you and I bring different experiences and strengths and gifts to the table. And just as in a body, every body part is essential. Paul picks up on that. He goes on to say, look at verse 15. Now if the foot should say, that'd be funny if your foot started talking. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. Verse 16. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I guess if your ear talked, it would sound like that, (laughs) because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. In other words, just because you don't think that you're significant doesn't mean that you don't have a crucial role to play. And yet when you look at your puzzle piece this morning, some of you, that's exactly where you're at. And I can't convince you of that. That's something that the Holy Spirit needs to do inside of you and challenge you in that today. You're looking at your puzzle piece and you're saying, I'm a part of this body of Christ somehow, but you know what? Here's what we think sometimes. I'm not a leader. not one of those leader types. I'm not, I'm not an upfront person. In fact, that would scare me out of my mind to stand up and talk in front of people. I, you know, I, I'm not a very super spiritual person. I'm just kind of new to this whole church thing. Um, you know, I, I think I'll just kind of be one of those people that just sort of sneaks in the back. Nothing against those of you that are in the back. It's totally fine. Uh, just kind of sneaks in the back and just kind of keeps to myself and just kind of does the anonymous thing. And I'll just come and then I will quick exit before any of these weird churchy people come and try to strike up a conversation with me after worship. Anybody ever been there? Fellow introverts, right? You ever been there? Oh, just these weird church people that want to like get to know me and stuff. And let me just say, we weren't weird until you got here, okay? So I'm just, I'm not saying, but I'm saying, okay? You feel insignificant. You feel like I don't, I'm not really needed. The dangerous thinking here is I'm not needed. And nothing could be further from the truth. You're, you're thinking if the, if, the, if the church is like a body, I'm like, I'm like a fingernail. Everybody look at your pinky fingernail right now. Just look at that right now. Do you need to trim it? Um, when's the last time you thought like long and hard about your pinky nail? I just named it that. Pinky nail. When's the last time you thought about it? Did you wake up this morning and go, man, I have an awesome pinky nail. It's so important to my body. It's awesome. No, you don't think about it, right? It feels pretty insignificant. When's the last time did anybody ever like have a split nail or it got cut? Like the tiniest thing or you trimmed your nail too low or you sliced it on something or it got split? It hurts, doesn't it? Are you thankful for fingernails then? Imagine if you didn't have them, right? 
Imagine hitting your finger with a hammer without fingernails, right? Pretty important, although seemingly insignificant. In the body, if you feel like a pinky nail, totally underrated. Totally underrated. If you're doubting your importance to the body in the picture that God is painting here at Hope, God says to you today, stop playing small. Stop playing small and limiting what I can do in and through you. For some of you, I'm just guessing. For some of you, there is a vision that God has put on your heart. There is a passion to make a dent in this world for the kingdom that has been tucked away for far too long. And most often, as Midwestern Lutheran Norwegians, it's tucked under, aw shucks. It's tucked under bashfulness. Oh, you know, I know that God's given me all these gifts and skills and passions for things, but ah, shucks. Somebody else will do it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not a big deal. It's just kind of my own thing with God. If God has put something on your heart, it's not just for you. He gave it so that you would be a blessing to other people, so that you would not keep it to yourself. It's your piece of the puzzle It's your role to play. For some of you, it's a passion to sing or or, or mentor or teach or coach. For some of you, you have incredible gifts, but they never make it into our community here as a church because you think, oh, those are just secular skills, and they belong outside the walls of a church. And I'm here to tell you this morning, they are not secular skills. They're God skills, and they're on loan from him to you to be used for his kingdom. Amen? One of the greatest mistakes that the church has ever made is separating, well, those are business skills, or those are financial skills, or those are education skills, or those are strategic planning skills, or whatever gifts that God has given you. And we say, no, this is the church. You have to set those down at the door and come in and be a church person. Be you. We need you to be you, because if you're not you, we don't have you, and you're the only you that we have. So be you. What has God placed on your heart? When we connect our piece to a larger mission, our role in the puzzle, our part in the puzzle, our part in the body starts to make sense. What does that mean for us here at Hope? Some of you might say, yeah, I'm just just a greeter. Hey, hopefully you don't do that. But, you know, you may think, I'm just a greeter, right? Oh, man. When you connect being a greeter to the larger mission, the life-changing mission of what God has called us to, you're not just a greeter. You're on the front lines of making sure that every single person that walks through those doors feels the embrace of a loving God who says every single Sunday, welcome home. That's not a small role in my mind. Greeters might be the most important role here at Hope. But I'd also say the same thing about ushers and the people that make the coffee. And the people that sprinkle the sugar on the donut holes. No, I'm just kidding. Not that. (laughs) When we connect it to the larger mission, it starts to make sense. We have an amazing production team. They they just hide back there every single Sunday. Look, they're hiding right now. (laughs) None of this would happen without them. 
And he had to be easy. Oh, they're just a production. I'm just a production person. I just, you know, move the levers up and down and push the buttons. If we don't have them as a part of the body, you can't hear, you can't see. We don't have a beautiful place to worship every single Sunday. You can connect it to the larger mission. In fact, I absolutely love how gifted and talented you are as a church. Last week, I had to be practically removed from a meeting with our design team at the building because we had so many gifted uh, team members in the room that, that they politely said, John, we do this for a living. We got this. This is our piece of the puzzle. So scurry on, preacher boy. <laughs> and I loved it because that's the point. Because it's not all about me, and it's not all about you. It's about us, and it will always be about us. Five years ago, a member of this congregation asked the bold question, who in this city doesn't have an opportunity to worship with the community every single week? Well, it's the people that live in shelters, and some of you that don't have a home right now. What if, what if, they, would, what if they would have just tucked away that dream and said, ah, ah, shucks. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you would have never been introduced to Hope Des Moines and you wouldn't have a church home. Thank God that they didn't keep their piece of the puzzle to themselves. God is painting this beautiful puzzle and when you see that you're a part of something bigger called hope, it starts to make sense. And by the way, we have a few of these. There's a lot of puzzle pieces out there and those will be at the second service as well, you can start seeing how you fit into the bigger picture. It starts to make sense. You're an essential part. So take your peace and find your place. Now, some of you are saying, John, you know what? I, I, I feel the call. I, I have the desire to do that. But, but where do I start? How do, how do I know what role my part plays here at Hope? Let me ask you two questions. We're going to throw a graphic up on the screen, and maybe this will Help. Think about it this way. I want to ask you two questions. And maybe you want to write this down. Just to, You may not figure it out this morning, but just ponder about it this week. The first question is this. What do you love? What do you love to do? What are you passionate about? What are you interested in? What brings you deep joy? So that's one circle. You ever seen one of these before? They're called Venn diagrams, right? So that's one circle. So whatever you would put in that circle, okay? And then secondly... The other circle, when you look around our city and when you, when you look around us and, and you see our role as the church, what is it, what injustice, what issue, what, what is going wrong in our city that makes you go, that's not right and I can't stand by and watch that happen. I have to do something about that. What is it that stirs your heart? That's the second circle. And the simplest way that I can put it for you is that desire is from God. So where does your deep joy and the world's deep hunger collide? Start there. Start there. And I want you to notice two things. Number one, serving God is about joy. It's not a duty. It's about delight. Where does your deep joy? And then secondly, where does it meet a deep hunger in the world. And some of you are thinking, man, I don't have time to go to Africa and serve all the kids that are poor and hungry. You know what? The deep needs of the world might be next door. They might be on your block. They might be on your neighborhood. They might be in the people sitting next to you this morning and you just don't know. 
You don't know until you're asked. Maybe your piece of the puzzle and the way that God is calling you to bless someone is going to connect with the puzzle piece of the person sitting next to you who needs to be blessed, who needs the gifts that you have to give. This quote is from the Christian author Friedrich Buechner, and he puts it this way, the place where God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. That's one to chew on. You may not figure that out in one morning, but I think it's worth thinking about. Two things about that. One, joy. Two, don't think that a world's great hunger is just so far away. It might be closer than you think. And so what I want you to do is I want you to hold up your puzzle piece right now just to make sure we're all on the same page. Hold it up so I can see it, just to make sure everybody's got one. Okay? We're into this repeating thing this morning. We did that in worship, so let's, let's do it again right now. So just repeat exactly what I say. Okay? I, state your name here. Ah, I thought you'd do that. Ah, you're so smart. I am created by God. And he's really awesome. That was terrible. Say that again. And he's really awesome. Which means I must be awesome. Because God doesn't make mistakes. So actually I'm pumped. Because I get to be me. And you get to be you. And God is God, and he's got something to say. So here we go. So here we go. So what I want you to do is I want you to grab that pen that you grabbed hopefully earlier, and if not, ushers can give you one. They're in the baskets at the end of the row. I want you to flip over your puzzle piece, and as the band plays a little bit, I want you to think about where those two circles collide, about your part of the puzzle, about your role in the body of Christ. And I want you to write down one word or one phrase. Think about it. I want to challenge you. Go deep here. Don't go surfacy here. Go deep. What's one word or phrase that describes what you feel like God is calling you to contribute to this body? What's your piece of the puzzle? What's your part to play? It could be something broad, could be something very, very specific. And the band's going to play this song that we're going to sing in a little bit. It's called Here's My Heart. Here's my heart, Lord. Surrendering it to you. This gift is not for me, it's for others. What is that word or that phrase? It's your piece of the puzzle. Let's take a few moments and write it down. Continue to think about that question this week. Let that be your prayer. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true about who you've created me to be. That is for you to keep physically as a puzzle piece. You don't have to show it to anybody unless you want to, but it's not for yours to keep as a part of this body. That gift, share it, offer it. Take that with you this morning and keep it in your wallet, keep it in your purse, keep it somewhere where you'll see it and will you be reminded of who God has made you to be. And maybe that word will change. You can write a few different things down on that. 
And even when we're not all here together on Sundays, when we're scattered across the city, you're still a part of the body. Today is the day to figure out your piece in the puzzle. We don't put off to tomorrow what God has called us to do today. We don't delay. I could not help but end today with a little football illustration. So here's the interesting thing about football. Not just God's team and not just the game yesterday. Here's the interesting thing about football that maybe you're familiar with that I'll explain. So when a team has the ball and they're on offense, they all gather around in a circle and they huddle. Everybody say huddle. Huddle. They huddle up and that's good and there's a time and a place for that. And when they're in the huddle, the quarterback has 25 seconds to call a play. And if he does, and sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes he messes up. Sometimes they take too long and they wait and they stall. And sometimes the players don't know the play. Sometimes they're not paying attention and they're distracted and they don't know what they're doing. But normally the quarterback calls it and, and, they, and they break the huddle and they say break or they say let's go or they say hawks and then they go to the line of scrimmage and they run the play. They have 25 seconds to do that. If they don't call a play, if they just keep on huddling, they get a penalty called delay of game. You ever heard of that? Delay of game, right, on the offense, and then they get penalized for it. For some reason, they take too long. I was thinking, how silly would it be? Just imagine with me. You're watching a game on TV. If a team ran out onto the field, play after play, week after week, year after year, and they huddled up, and they came together, and they huddled up, and they huddled up, And they huddled up, and then they talked about huddling up. And then they did a Bible study on huddling up. And then they figured out how to say huddle in the Greek. And they huddled up some more. And nobody ever called a play. And they never played the game. And they never broke the huddle. How silly would that be? Just think about it. Just hypothetically for a second. If a group of people got together and gathered together week after week, but never actually played the game. Just ridiculous, wouldn't it be? Folks, I never want to be a church that is in danger of getting a delay of game penalty. Amen? Amen. I don't even want to get close to it. Because God has given us some very specific plays, and there's two things I want to highlight, and I want to invite my receivers forward. Everybody say, hi, Andy. Everybody say, hi, Brianne. This has never been attempted in the history of Hope Des Moines. If I hit you in the head, if there's any injuries, you can talk to Chris. He's in the back. He'll take care of it. I'm just kidding. There's two plays that God has given us. Number one, God has called us to be connected in community. God has called us to receive. God has called us. What's the play, Andy? There we go. Good job. Look at that. Lefty. Heads up. The first play that I'm calling for all of us this morning is join a group. God has created you for a community, and as you walk out the doors this morning, there's a brand new banner in the back that has pictures of every single one of our group leaders on it, and when they meet and the details about their group, there's brochures in the back. Get connected to a group. That's the first play this morning. Talk to Andy. Talk to any of us with a lanyard. We'd love to get you connected. But we're not only called to receive. We're called to give. We're called to serve. And so the second play, Brianne, is... Yes, we did it. (laughs) We saved it. Good save. Good save. Yes, yes. Give Brianna a hand. There we go. 
Join a team. Every single one of us was created for community, and we were created to serve. You want to know the people with the most joy at Hope Des Moines? It's the people that are setting this up in the morning. It's the people that are greeting you, the people that are ushering, the people that are running the buttons in the back, the people that are serving the coffee, and all the other dozens of team members it takes to make this happen. The people with the most joy serve. You want to get connected? You want to meet people? Serve. So what are the two plays? Join a group and join a team. Join a group, join a team. That's what God has called us to be. Find your piece of the puzzle and let's be the church. Amen?